Hi, this is Jen, Kevin's wife, Jen, and you're listening to John and Kevin's Big Stupid Podcast. Have fun. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is John and Kevin's Big Stupid Podcast. I'm Kevin. And I'm John. And ladies and gentlemen, today we are very excited. Very, very excited to what we're about to do right now. All right, we have three lovely ladies with us, okay, and they are um, creating and producing a brand new show. It's called The Shift. Oh, um, The Shift. The Shift, yes. Mm. We're All gonna, right. We're going to um, we're gonna get into everything, what it's about and everything, but right now I just would like to introduce. All right, so we have Mary Albertoli, Nadia Sarmova. And Maureen Isern. Nice. Let's hear it. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Uh, Mary is the executive producer and creator. Nadia is is, uh, co-creator and impact producer. Maureen is also co-creator and impact producer. Um, So, yeah, let's let's jump right into this. so let's start with the title of your program, The Shift. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what, it, what it signifies and what your program is aiming to shift? So Mo, since you came up with the name, would you like to <laughs> get started? Well, sure. You know, The Shift is really about uh, exactly that, making a shift, taking one step at a time, moving the needle, and uh and really focusing on the conversation around mental health and where we are um especially with young people so the show focuses on teens and adolescents and um, really starting the conversation around mental health looking at what stops young people from having the conversation and um and looking at what happens when they do take it on and how that can have them understand mental health newly so that it's part of you know our daily diet to look at our mental health and so that's what we've taken on through the format of a docuseries and really a a digital content um series now that we're you know producing things differently with the quarantine status um but we've from the very beginning attached a lot of partners to make sure that from a social impact standpoint we took care of young people giving them resources to turn to as these conversations open up great uh, so uh, how did this? It, it, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was I was just saying interesting because I was wondering about the title itself of the shift and like why are you calling it the shift? And I think that was like a really cool thing where you're able to try to shift the needle uh, and try to get people to, you know, maybe talk about it more or to be able to, um, you know, be a little more open about it. So I think you're trying to shift everybody's views and perceptions on you know, the whole mental health issue, especially with young teens and everything like that. I think that's, that was a really cool um, description on how you um, went up with the name. Thank you. Yeah, I think what's really, you know, important around it too is that this isn't an overnight, there's not an overnight fix to things that we're challenged with. Um, on every level, it's really one step at a time and that one conversation can literally, you know, dial you into something new, turn, take, change the trajectory of your life and the lives of the people around you. So it really is that one degree that, that is always needed to start, to start, you know, John, our tagline is start the conversation, stop the stigma. And so we're really looking through conversation to shift the paradigm of, of mental health in America and globally. Okay. Yeah, that that's yeah, that that makes a lot of sense that you're trying to just move everything, you know, to an open dialogue. And now now let me ask you something. Would you say that nowadays it's a little more open and out than it was maybe like 10 years ago? Or would you say it's kind of like the same for kids that have um, you know, experienced, you know, some of the issues that you're about to deal with? Well, I mean, certainly, if I can answer that, there's been definitely more conversations taking place. And yet I still think there's still such a stigma. And I think the stigma comes from people feeling very bad and ashamed of themselves for having an issue. 
And that just keeps us in the way of actually having the conversation. Um, so, you know, I know that I was heartbroken seeing the statistics for suicide and homicide, as well as the other mental disorders, just inclining, they're going up in staggering rates in this population. And I really said to myself, as well as to Maureen and Nadia, there's just not enough conversations happening that are effective and um, really getting people to see that either they need help or more or less just saying, you know, let's open up this conversation. Let's see other people who are having the same issue as I, because 10 to one shot, there is someone next to you who's gone through something similar. Now, uh, now Mary, I believe it was you that I read that you, um, you were really affected by the news of the, the nine-year-old girl yes. who, who took her own life. Yes. And that, that was really what motivated you. Is that what motivated you to get this going? Or was that just one of the? It was one of them. It was a critical point. I mean, it was, I um, remember having a visceral reaction. And I thought, my God, nine years old. You know, what, what are we not doing for these kids? And for our teens today, and I don't mean that in a make wrong kind of way. I'm just, the whole, the whole point of the shift is that, like Maureen said, stop the stigma, start the conversation. But it's also for us to take ownership and partnership in how we can create these conversations for, for everyone in our lives. Um, that kind of leads me into, into one of my next questions. Now, you say, you say young people um, in the promotional material and the conversation that we're having right now and your program appears to focus on adolescents and young adults. Will your younger children be part of the program as well? Since we're, since we're talking about how, how young it can be. Um, because a, a lot has been coming to light lately about how, how early mental health um, and bullying becomes issues. Yeah, I, one of our intentions is definitely to essentially recreate the show for a younger audience when we're able to. One of the you know efforts we've made is building partnerships that do address different audiences, and some of the partners we're speaking to already have those you know abilities in place to. They have curriculums that work in inside of school systems and things like that that could be useful to young people who watch what you know our our content's about. Um, or participate in it, um, you know, it, it is what is so critical is not only having the conversations at young ages because they are dealing with things in a, in a new way, that, you know, prior, you know, generations didn't have in their space at those ages, mm -hmm. but it's also teaching them the habit of talking, like teaching them that speaking about feelings is as normal as, you know, speaking about, you know, any other thing. And that if at you know six and seven and eight years old they're learning that as a habit, it's really just about incorporating it at any stage in life. Um, you know, as as adults, I think when we're stopped in conversations or opening up conversations, it's just a it's just a habit that we were that we created. It's it's not um, wrong. It's just something we weren't taught. So it's really you know an education to take on for all of us. Yeah, I was I was going to I was going to bring that up that you know when we're when we're younger, especially if you are in grammar school, high school, you know you don't want to be the weird kid, you don't want to be talked about, you don't want to be looked on as you know something to pity or or something like that, or and be picked on or whatever. I mean, you got enough going on that you're going to be picked on about and whatever. So to have this additional thing, you you want to stuff that down. You know, um, and as you get older, you know, you don't care. <laughs> you know, like, like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care anymore. You know, like I, I'm 43 years old. If you know, and I, you know, I don't have any mental health issues or, well, that, well, you do, but you know, I mean, that, that's a whole other, that, that's another podcast for that one. But, um, but no, seriously, I mean, like if I, if I really did, um, I don't think I would have, I don't think I would have the the filter to say nah, I don't want to talk about it. I think at this point in my life, I'll be like I, I want to talk to anybody who'll listen, you know, and, and and get it out there, and and you know, and that that that's something that you learn, I think. And as you and especially as you get our age, you know, like you know, like like cranky old people, you, you know, you, you get to say whatever you want, and and nobody, you know, nobody thinks anything. So I think I think this is 
excellent that, you know, younger people are being taught how to, mm. how to speak and, and how to get it out there and, and, and what to say and, and how to express themselves, you know? Kevin. And, and, and also I remember, I remember being in high school and I remember having the ups and downs, yeah. you yes. know, and, and I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, you know, it, it was, at times it was hard. You know, mm -hmm. and I would say I was pretty well-rounded in high school, but I still had those ups and downs. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think there's a lot of kids that don't have the ups and downs where they're kind of just like, they're, they, they just feel stuck and they don't have the up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, and I think that like, like, I think kids need to be able to have the outlet for the up or maybe see there is an up. You know what I'm saying? It, it's it's kind of like kind of like something like that where you know we we like you know me and Kevin we did have our ups and downs, but I do think other kids need to see the up. You and know what forget, I'm saying? Don't forget, John. You also had me. So I mean, well, yeah, you had me. So that was that was the only thing. <laughs> Which one of you is the down? <laughs> so, no, I'm sorry, Nadia. Um, you were gonna you're gonna say something. Yeah, what I'm hearing in, in both of your points is, is essentially what the shift is about, um, which is we really want uh, viewers and participants to walk away from the show uh, feeling empowered about bringing language to their emotions and to be able to express that without, without feeling any sort of shame or stigma or concern that there would be any sort of backlash and that they will have access to resources should they need additional uh, resources for their whatever mental health issue they're struggling with. So it really is about creating, the shift is really about creating a safe space for young people to congregate, to relate, to express themselves and to, uh, to be able to bring language to their emotions so that so that it's no longer bottled up and others can help to meet their needs. If I could add, you know, to that, like it's also bringing language to what it looks like to share and that, you know, redefining um, what sharing means. So if we've been bullied in the past or we've been afraid of sharing in the past, it's because there's also language associated with what sharing means, right? We have a conversation that sharing is bad, or we have a conversation that sharing, you know, is embarrassing, or people might think things, but we don't necessarily know. And by not sharing, we don't find out. And I know that, you know, each of us in our own ways have found, and it sounds like you guys too, in your own way, like you find that sharing actually isn't always going to result in the thing you're afraid of. Sometimes it's, you know, and, and how do you teach young people that, right? I mean, they're going, like you said, we're all going through things normally. Um, then you've got the experience of young people going through traumatic things, whether it's a school shooting or really they're being bullied or they've got body image issues or an addiction. You know, you can, it could run the gamut. Um, but again, a lot of that is a result of trying to solve these things alone, right? Those aren't the actual sources of the problem. The problem is they didn't have a conversation about something that led them to believe all of these things that have them acting out or experiencing life a certain way. Now, what is the process? Um, what is the process like for identifying uh, the participants and getting them, um, getting them to, to participate, getting parental consent and, and things like that? Uh, are your guests eager to participate? Or do they hesitate to get that intimate in front of a in front of a camera? You know, it's interesting that you say that because we had a wonderful promo shoot um, November of 2018, where we had about 10 kids come together and they spent the day together and they talked a lot about their breakdowns and breakthroughs, basically mm -hmm. what it was they faced and what it, how they're going through it or how they're just getting to have some understanding of what what it is they're, they're grappling with. So when they all came on board, um, they talked openly and freely about the mental health issues they were struggling with. And these were everyday kids. We went through a pre-screening process, but more or less they were more than eager to talk about what they were going through. In fact, we had one 21, actually 20 years old, he shared for the first time in his life that he felt like hurting himself every day. 
and he had six months prior found himself on a bridge and he wanted to jump, but he was crying and he said, I don't want to die and I don't know how to live. So, but he was able to share for the first time and he got the help he needed and he's doing phenomenal today. Was that the kid from the trailer that was on yes. uh, TV promo? Yeah, yes. I, I, yeah, I like that, man. I was like, he said he had one foot off and he was like ready to go. And, you know, it was just, you know, cool that he, that he didn't, man. He, you know, it's. He's an amazing individual. Yeah. And yeah. he's doing really well now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I saw, I, I, wa I watched that um, quite a few times. I, I shared it with my wife as well. Um, and I was. Your wife, I was, Jen? My wife, Jen. Oh, you're right. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I was really struck by the by the young man who said that um, he um, tied his right. belt to the to the fan and he was crying because the fan wouldn't hold him. Right. You know, you'd think he was crying because of you know what he was about to do, but it was because the fan couldn't hold him, and that really that really struck a struck a nerve when I when I saw that. Yeah, there's a high statistic of uh, men and women who, when they come out, they um, contemplate suicide quite often, and it's unfortunate. Right, and you know, you, you asked about like how do you take care of young people when they're talking about these things, and really, one of the things that we've done is we have partnered with national organizations that offer free mental health services 24/7. So on our website and all over social media, we're posting the crisis text line and the uh, lifeline that Vibrant runs, um, and also Rise Against the Disorder um, has you know, free mental health services they offer. And you know, at the same time, you know, the parents signed off on releases, right? Like we knew that obviously young, a lot of the people in the, in the video were minors, but the parents you know, were obviously involved and there was something about, I guess the way we were approaching it that we weren't interested in like, um, exploiting or dramatizing anything that was, you know, it's not trauma drama that we're going for. What we're yeah. really going for is what's the productive, like what's a productive conversation we can create given what's going on. And we all know what's going on and we all have our version of it and we've all been through it and people who've been through it and have gotten wisdom from what they found in taking on therapy or taking on, you know, medication or taking on, a group session or taking on meditation, they, um, I think that rhymed. Um, I think <laughs> they, they, they learn something and then they can look back and go, wow, you know, if I hadn't done that, I could see where it could have turned out differently. I know, you know, I can see that for myself. And, and once you see that, you just want, I, I think we're all just compelled to share it, you know? And if, if I could add something, you know, the three of us going into that promo shoot really didn't know what to expect. Uh, Mary and I had the pleasure of screening some of those, those kids, um, those young people, just to make sure that they were in the right headspace before we brought them into a studio. This was like a week in advance before the, the filming. And, um, you know, we, we, both Mo and I come, come from a, a production background but you know I've ne we've never really produced anything in terms of in terms of mental health where people would so openly um, share and so we didn't really know what to expect and the biggest surprise and one of the biggest rewards for me personally has been was that day on the shoot um, where these young people not only were they eager to share but the way in which that they shared, the, the, how, how humble and candid and open they were was a shock for, I think, the entire crew. And, and then on their faces, it was, it was magical. It was emotional. Um, I've never been on a set that, that had this sort of atmosphere created and, uh, and, you know, that in itself, that experience for me personally as a producer uh, made, inspired me and made me want to continue to bring this opportunity for uh, two young people around the country. And, and like I've said, we, we really do want to take this globally as well. So it was a really magical experience. And, and um the proof was in the pudding when we got to experience how much relief 
um, and joy and how transformed the young people were when they, when they shared. Yeah, I think we really found that um, they were in some way, I mean, I find like in social, I've produced social impact content for 20 years and one of my very first clients was a hospice client. And I remember going in going, how am I going to do this and talk to somebody about, you know, death and, and, you know, not um, offend them in some way. And what I actually remember is that they thanked me after because they were so honored to be able to honor whoever they were talking about. And I think what we discovered was really similar. Like people want to know that they want to, that they're, that their story is interesting or that they that you want to know, right? Like a lot of the things that people struggle with, it's because they think nobody cares and nobody wants to hear about it. So to validate that your story is important, someone wants to hear it and we can relate when we share. I think that's where a lot of that exuberance comes from. It's like realizing that, yeah, you're not the only one and, and you do matter and people are interested in hearing the truth about how you are, not this pretend idea that we're putting out, whether it's on social media, on campus, or you know, even with our own families, like how truthful are we being about where we are? And when we can share that, it's like we can be new people. We can actually be our full self instead of this version that's limited. So, so let me ask you something. When, when you, you're saying getting kids to share, right? So like right now you guys got your TV show or, you know, the show or whatever. And, you know, you were very overwhelmed by how willing these kids were to share, you know, but is there going to be something on the show like afterwards to say, you know, this is how you could, you know, get your, you know, get help or this is how you could get the information you need to get help or this is how you know, you could do, you know, whatever it is you need, you know, to do to get help or whatever, or to get your story out or anything like that. Is there, is there going to be, you know, something associated with that? All, all three of you ladies are shaking your heads. <laughs> I know, I mean, I just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, we're already, even before the show is the show, we're already posting these numbers and resources because that is the first thing that, you know, that's the, the first thing that that's needed. Um, what we're also interested in is really showing on the show what it looks like. Like, this is how you take it on. We may not be able to show everything. We may not want to show everything. Um, it's really about these are the options that there are. So each episode, you know, we might visit a different kind of therapy or a different kind of group or, you know, method to say, okay, so I've never been to, you know, a support group for addiction, or I've never really had a conversation with other girls about body image, or I've never talked to someone about how I feel about social media, um, and that they go and actually do that, you know, and show the audience this is this is what that can lead to. Our ho our hope ultimately is to pr provide um, a balanced um program uh that is responsible in handling conversations around mental health that uh, leads uh young people their families and communities to have access to mental health resources um and uh and also to for some lightheartedness we want to infuse uh mental health with some lightheartedness um such that you know Mainstream Americans are are interested in watching the show, um, and one way in which we're hoping to really elevate this conversation uh, is is a segment of each episode will be feature will feature a thought leader, an influencer, or a celebrity that comes on and shares about their mental health struggle and it's really in an effort to relate with the young people on the show. Uh, each episode will also have an expert or two that speaks um, to their particular specialty. And as Mo um, alluded to, our hope is that, you know, the individuals will, the young participants who are coming to share will get an opportunity to um, take on a new modality which they have not perhaps tried before, um, so that we, the viewers, um, get to hopefully experience what it was like for them to take something on that they hadn't tried. Um, 
and so it's it's uh, it's really like you know a comprehensive show that it aims to to really have a, 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 a full and complete conversation around mental health. Now, why do you think mental health is such a um, prevalent issue right now? Like, do you, do you think younger, the, the younger generations are suffering on a greater scale or are they just talking about it more? I mean, even though I know you're, you know, the, the whole idea of the show is to get them to talk more, but, but is this something that, wasn't happening back then you know years and years ago as much or is it just that because of people like you guys encouraging people to talk and getting the, and and getting it out there that it has become um a little more common to to talk about and and, and safer to talk about well i mean certainly you know more conversations have taken place i think it's the the question of how the conversations ended you know i mean it's starting the conversation but having an effective conversation too one where you are uncovering for yourself what it is you actually do feel and how you can take care of yourself and others better around what you're suffering with so um so it's it's kind of twofold and yes you know there's more of an awareness so there's more conversation going on and it has how effective have we been because honestly being a social worker and i'm sure um it's um it's it's not your wife, right, Jen? It's it's yeah, my it's, wife, my wife, your wife, <laughs> right? Hi, I'm sure you know. I mean, I'm a former social worker because honestly, mental health was put on the back burner so far that we weren't being paid a salary that we could live off of as adults. So honestly, I think this country, many countries, have put me mental health on the back burner, and it's coming up more and more, especially with this pandemic. We're seeing more and more acting out behaviors from not from the pandemic, prior to the pandemic, but in this adult adolescent population, we've seen more acting out overall because I think the modalities and the conversations we have been having have been not as effective as we'd like them to be. So the shift is really a way by which we can start the conversation and provide a platform for effective conversations to take place too. Do you, do you think that um, the rise in... in popularity of social media has has uh, attributed to to mental health um, over the past like five either even five ten years um, you know because you, you you go on you go on Instagram and you see somebody's perfect life and then you look at your own and you're like oh Jesus Christ you know <laughs> like yeah but, and then, but and then you, I, and you I, feel like you have to you feel like you have to live up to everybody else's you know what they're posting and that what that must do to your say i mean my life is perfect so i don't have to worry about that <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah but also but also kevin on the on the other side there are a lot of people on instagram that are posting the opposite they're posting the body positive no matter what you look like they're posting the you know uh love yourself no matter what you know the, there is a lot of that positive stuff out there so it's not just the perfect life you know it's, it's it's who you follow, who you choose to follow as well, you know, on, on top of that, you know, because there, there's a lot of people I follow that, you know, like, are, are you know, it, it's the same thing. Like, it, it's, you know, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm lost, but, um, you know, no, I've got all tongue tied, but no, there's, there's a lot of people I follow that are body positive or have had mental issues that have come out and say, this is how I dealt with it. This is what happened. And this, you know, this is how I am now. You know what I mean? So yeah, no, I, I understand. I, I get that. But I mean, there's a lot of time, like, you know, you post a picture and it doesn't get as many likes as you think it should get, or, you know, it doesn't get any comments or whatever, you know, like, like, let's say there was a podcast out there that posted a, something up and they expected feedback from it <laughs> and they got them guts, you know? <laughs> I don't know what. Well, not ours, not, not ours, ours. That's no, not us, no. not us. Other podcasts, other. You know, that's gotcha. Podcasts. Yeah, like Tune Styles. <laughs> guys, guys, what I'm hearing is is we are pointing to that the high school popularity contest has has now following us everywhere. Yeah, it's yes. our yes. college, pay, right? you know, in the workplace, always like, with us. We're like we're glued to our screens, and um, I wasn't in high school when social media was popular and so i'm dating myself a little bit here and that's all right um because 
Um, I mean, I'll be honest. Sometimes I look at the social media and I'm like, wow, like that they're so much cooler than I am. Right. Or they're so much more successful than I am. And I have to put the phone away and check in with myself and say, wait a minute, like, am I, am I on a journey that I really want to be where I'm comparing myself to others or is life, you know, a journey that I want to really just be in, in really in, in competition with myself yesterday. Right. So that each and every day I'm, I'm a more evolved uh, individual. Um, and I, I think social media is definitely exacerbate, is exacerbating mental health for young people. Um, and yeah, it's just, you know, we're, we're hoping, you know, there's so much anxiety. I know one of the topics that we'd love to cover on the shift is, is anxiety and cyberbullying. Um, that it, there are, you know, only exacerbated and really even present because of social media. That's to say that to your point, um, John, you said that there are people that are using social media as in a positive way. In a positive way, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we're right now, in fact, the shift um, is doing a social media campaign through the month of May where each week we are posting um, a social media challenge that is encouraging and inviting people, young and old, to participate and to, you know, to really utilize social media in, in a positive way, in a positive light. And, um, you know, the, the feedback has been tremendous. And um, for your listeners, if they want to participate, um, please check out uh, where you can check out the hashtag Feel the Shift challenge um, on Facebook. It's at, at the Shift Series Official and on IG at the shift underscore series. Um, another, another question I had now that we are in this pandemic and we are on lockdown, we're in quarantine, you know, people who have anxiety and depression, this must be doing a number on them. Yeah. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's always, you know, you ask like, is it just different now? I think there's a lot that contributes to anxiety and depression and now it's exasperated by this experience of isolation. Before it might've been, you're sitting in school and you don't know if you're gonna have a drill that day or you don't know if someone's gonna have a, you know, an outburst or if you know, you're gonna be surprised by somebody coming onto campus. I think there's an environment of anxiety that's been created on campuses, whether, you know, um, elementary, middle, and high schools, or whether college campuses. Um, and now, you know, we're not in that particular environment, but you've got kind of this opposite of, now you don't have a place to go if like, say for instance, your home environment's not a, a place where, you know, you have support or you have a positive environment. And school is actually your, your haven to get away from that. And so, um, as Mary said, I mean, the, the, the calls and the statistics now to these organizations have skyrocketed, you know, the, the, um, the need for support. And I think that's why, you know, you see so many people, including us, racing to do something to help, you know, to just be part of the positivity and the doing something to help versus, you know, hoping for the best and kind of watching it go the way it goes. Now, 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 here's something I was just thinking of before. Now, do you think the, you know, like the opposite of cyberbullying, do you think schools are doing enough to stop it or to regulate it? Like, you know, do, do you know anything if, if they are? I wonder like bullying online? Well, I think that they can do what they can. A lot of them don't have the money, for example, to have school social workers or school um, psychologists available. For kids who are showing behaviors that may be due to many different reasons, whether it be at home or due to social media, um, there's, they're, they're, I mean, it's a tool, and like any tool has to be, it, people have to be taught how to use it effectively. I mean, it's not a bad or good thing. It's just, is this effective? Is it effective for a teenager to surf the web and find out about um, things that that could be destructive in their thinking? You know, I mean, so it's, it's like 
you know, parents are encouraged to watch what their kids are, are watching. And teenagers are at a point right now where they want to exercise their independence. So, um, you know, I, I, I guess the point is, I guess I lost my question. What was the question again? I'm sorry. I was kind of going. No, I, I, was, I was basically saying that the fact that with social media, do you think the schools are regulating what the kids, not, not the schools are regulating what the kids are doing, but the fact that everything is in writing, that do you think the schools are able to step in and to be able to help? you know, regulate the situation. So let's say there's a cyberbullying case. It's in writing. You could screenshot it. You could present it to the school, the principal, anything like that. Do you think that's like, you know, in a way a step in the right direction of being able to, you know, stop cyberbullying? Or do you think schools are doing that or anything like that? You know, I don't know. Um, from school to school, I'm sure they have different measures by which they take when these situations arise. I mean, I'm sure parents are contacted immediately. Um, if something like that were to come up, come out, but like once again, I'm saying the structure, the infrastructure of the school itself, should be built in with uh, social workers and psychologists who could handle issues like cyberbullying and have group conversations with kids around, you know, what to do if you're being bullied, what to do if you're a bully. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, there just needs to be more resources available and access to them, despite socioeconomic background and race and. That's something that the SHIFT is also trying to do as well. In reality, we'd be on a, a conic bus traveling throughout the United States, hitting areas or hot pockets where things such as suicide or homicide or uh, bullying are, are coming up in large numbers. And we'd go and have kids come on the bus with an expert or um, we'd have celebrities there as well. And like, I guess the whole point is to really have all these conversations come to the front. Um, now, your young adult participants, they, they express great relief, okay, um, and satisfaction from having shared uh, and having the opportunity to, ex to express themselves. How, how can we translate that into like a larger scale? You know, um, how, do, how do we create like talk spaces where students and young adults um, can, uh, you know, get, get their, get their um, feelings out there. You know, not every, not everybody can be on your show. So, if, you right. know, so how do they, how do they do that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, essentially like how do we scale this so that everybody can take part without actually necessarily taking part, you know, in the actual episode. And um, one of the, you know, things that we've th thought about has been as this, as this bus travels from one community to the next, while it might only shoot episodes in certain areas, it could certainly stop in different communities and essentially activate the conversation there. Um, it really would, it needs support from, you know, partners, whether it's organizations, you know, the local institutions, the clubs, the, you know, the schools, like wherever young people are that would want this to show up. And then how do we, you know, do that um, in, with partners um, who are providing services locally so that they can come in and actually meet the need that, you know, people are finally willing to ask, you know, for, for help around. Um, we've, you know, looked at what can we do online streaming? Um, how do we create like programs that schools can implement so that they can regularly take care of, you know, have let's say shift conversations or shift starters, you know, we can talk about what that looks like, but it does take a partner, you know, we're looking at like what large brands could partner with us to facilitate that kind of technology, facilitate that kind of scale, because this belongs all over the world. You know, we've talked to people in Canada, Australia, Mexico, who said, we want this here, you know, the UK, um, their statistics on depression and suicide are, you know, enormous. And they're, they're saying, you know, we need this too. So yeah, we are, open to conversations if anyone's listening <laughs> um, you know to say like we want this to to really um spread quickly because you know we're already getting messages from people saying you know how can i be in your episode like can i you know i have something i want to share and and they're young people and they're not necessarily in crisis they're literally saying like i'm so glad you're doing something i think what we're discovering is people not only see this as something that could help them, but it becomes a tool for them to advocate for others where they're like, I want this for my friend. I want this for my nephew. I want this for my sister. I want this for my student. Um, so we're really ready to hear from people who want to help make that kind of scale happen. And John and Kevin, you know, I really want to acknowledge you both for, for seeing 
seeing the opportunity and, and speaking out, using your platform to, to elevate the shift and to speak out about such an important cause. Um, because, you know, M Maureen and I have built our careers on the belief that uh, the, the, one of the most powerful tools um, to influence humanity is media. And, and so our vision from the get-go was to, to make the shift a mainstream series such that mainstream viewers would watch it, participate, partake. And uh, along with that, our goal is to have not just mainstream viewership, but resources that mainstream viewers could then access. And to Mo's point, you know, the only way that that vision is really going to come to fruition is through partnerships with big, powerful brands um, that, uh, that can help us really execute on that vision. Yeah, and individuals, you know, I mean, there are so many worthy causes that individual philanthropists and foundations put, you know, worthwhile money into. And we're really aware that, you know, yeah. people are being mindful about where to choose to put their resources right now more than ever. And to us, this is like the first tank that has to be fueled, you know, because everything else relies on our mental health. Like, we, you know, when our mental health is at risk, we we're building on top of that and so everything is fragile you know our the way we show up at work the way we show up for our families the way our physical health you know manifests it's all from you know what and i think we're getting so much more informed on that as a community like the, the power of the mind and that we can be the source of what our life looks like and you know what we speak is what what you know, is what other people know us as, is what we say and, and what we don't say. You know, if we're not saying things and people are missing an aspect of us, they can't, they can't actually respond. They can't help us. So, um, you know, there's something about social media. There's kind of a blessing in disguise around this quarantine and that on social media, I think people will also be more authentic. While there is that, you know, potential that people will mask and they'll present and they'll want to make it look a certain way. There's also, I think, a movement towards sharing what's really going on and um, the more we can encourage people to do that and also you know you know do it at a stage and in a way that supports you right it's not about saying things that are going to get you targeted in a way and so that's something that you know we all have to be mindful of is is how do you walk that line so it's something we can all learn as a community too and you know what I was just I was just thinking this I also think a big shift all right, is um, the fact that someone my age, I'm 43 years old, all right? Now, if I look back at my father or anybody else 43 years ago, they wouldn't be as open-minded to any of these topics as, let's say, me and Kevin are now, because we're both the same age, you know? But, um, you know, I, I think that's a big shift, too, where I think as people are more educated and more informed, I think they're more open-minded you know, to, you know, what younger kids are going through, where it's like, you know, like back in the day, everybody's like, oh, get over it. You're fine. You know, just, you know, you know, whatever, you know, be a and man. We're not gonna talk about this, but yeah. be a man, you know, be like, a man. Yeah. yeah, none of that. Yeah. But, but I think that like, you know, as you know, time goes on and as we see the consequences of that behavior, I think there is a, you know, a, a shift in adults too. And I think adults are a little more understanding, you know, knowing now that, you know, this is real. You know, depression is not just made up or fake. It's real, you know, and, and, and by bipolar and all these other things, you know, th these are these are real issues. And I think, you know, you know, like yeah, I keep saying the shift, but I think it's kind of cool that it that it makes it that it makes it. But there, there is a shift in how people are thinking as well. Yeah. Speaking of which, John and Kevin, I, I in getting ready to to be on your podcast, I noticed that you you both have, uh, or this podcast has um, a large male audience. Yes. And I'm just curious, um, <laughs> you know, from from your own experience, knowing that you're, you know, that that you have such a male audience, <laughs> did you have questions or doubts about having uh, a having 
a segment about mental health on your series. No, absolutely. No. As a matter no, of we fact, we do what we want. Yeah, and, <laughs> I mean, I do. We do what we want. Yeah, we, we really, we, we really do. But, but honestly, um, you're you're right. We we do have a very strong male presence in our in our audience, and one of the one of the bigger reasons that I wanted to have you guys on was because I know that our audience is not really the audience that might hear something like this. Mm-hmm. So to give to give our, us the chance to educate them was something that when I saw that opportunity I wanted I wanted to jump at it. You know, plus, and you know on top of the whole idea that I want to spread the word of what you guys are saying because it it, ne- it needs to happen. So yeah, we're we're well aware of our <laughs> You know, yeah, we, no, we, we may we may have a large male audience, but we're also parents too. Yeah. And I think a lot of our maybe listeners are parents as well. And I think that's also something that we might want to, you know, just make them aware of that, you know, maybe your kids have something going on, or maybe your kids are Or maybe you, you have know, something going on and you just didn't you never ah, that's right, maybe you know, you never thought that, you know, it's one of those things too, you know, and you know, we're still kind of old school, but we're still dipping into the new school too. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's, I, I would think someone our age could go either way, you know, cause we, we, we're very into the new stuff, but I think there's a lot of people our age that are into the older way of thinking. But I think as time goes on, I think, you know, maybe 10 years, someone that's 30 right now is going to think totally different, you know? Yeah. Right. Because of all the education and all the things that are, you know, going on in the world. Yeah, you guys are a testament um, to your commitment to be information messengers uh, to your viewers. And, you know, I know men notoriously are not so great at opening up and, and sharing and, and opening, starting those conversations. And we certainly hope that your listeners will be encouraged and um empowered and that you know something you know maybe even a slight shift happens for them such that they're more inspired to start start some conversations in their lives with their kids um and with their spouses yeah one of the things that you know we find is like when people don't know how to have the conversation a good place to start is just to acknowledge that you don't know how to have the conversation and that can be the conversation like i don't know how to have this conversation there's something i'm dealing with and you know for 10 years i haven't been able to talk about it and i'm afraid it's gonna you know something's gonna happen like this or that and you know it's just an entry point to say like why, why is that the story I've told myself that I can't talk about this? Because, you know, eventually you learn, you realize there's, there's so many people who've gone through something similar, or, you know, if you, if you take the opportunity to learn about it, you can find that. And, you know, there's such a a source of um, strength that comes from on authenticity and just being like, yeah, you know, I've had these thoughts or I've had these experiences and, not everyone gets pushed to the same edge. Not everyone's mental health challenge or, you know, you know, whatever they're dealing with looks the same, but it's all valid, you know, and we're all experiencing the result of whatever you've chosen to work on or not work on. Like if you've had the conversation, we get to be with that version of you. And if you haven't, we have that version of you. So which, you know, which version do we want to show up as? And that's, you know, something we can each take on for ourselves and teach others through example um and i know we're uh, we're running out of time so i want to i want to <laughs> so um where where are you looking to um to have this docuseries so people so people can can find it once it gets to air um where where can we send our listeners you know to get involved and just pl- plug the hell out of everything before you can you know before you get out of here well, I'll start with the first place. If you want to get in touch with us to help and really make a difference on uh, support the effort, um, you know, financially, partnership wise or otherwise, um, on our website, shifttheshow.com slash contact dash us, I believe, but shifttheshow.com, you can go to our contact page and um, literally tell us who you are and 
you know, what you see is possible. Um, we are on social media, um, on Instagram at the shift underscore series, and we're posting challenges. And we're also posting talks that um, Adrian Finch, who's the host, the moderator in the promo that you saw, um, she's taking those on with young people and mental health experts and other influencers now on IG. So um, we're, you know, actively on the channel and I don't know, is there anywhere else? I know that we've got a, a text to give campaign that you can find out about on our channels to actually donate to Crisis Text Line, Vibrant and Rise Above the Disorder so that free mental health services can continue to be provided to people. Great. Um, John, you got anything, any other questions? No, I, I, mean, if, if, I mean, we could talk all night, but yeah, I, yeah, I mean, we're apparently out of time. <laughs> Well, well, thank um, you so much. We we would definitely love to have you guys back on, you know, some sometime in the sometime in the future, and you know, see how you guys are progress, and 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 um, you know, once the show airs, and you know, like I said, we want to we want to promote the hell out of this. So um, so we would love to have you guys back on because it's definitely important. It, it's definitely an important topic that needs to be continuously promoted you know i really i really do believe that so uh oh go ahead go ahead yeah no i just say it's just the beginning so thank you for you know support your support well thank you guys for coming on we got mary albertoli nadia sarmova and maureen icern all right give it up guys yes thank you so much for coming on all right like i said we would we would love we would love to have you guys on again wonderful because, like like we said, this this needs to be out there. Okay. We yes, will definitely. see you soon. <laughs> All right, so um, let's get our our shameless plugs, John. So this is uh, you've been listening to John and Kevin's Big Stupid Podcast. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, and on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. We are at Big Stupid Podcast. And on Twitter, we are a big stupid podcast, and there's no no I in stupid. stupid. Uh, we also have our <laughs> big stupid hotline. All right, guys, if you want to call the big stupid hotline um, and you know discuss the things that we um, that we talked about on this particular episode or or anything else, um, give us a call. If you if you have um, you know if you have something going on, if you have um, mental health issues as well, and you feel like you need to get it out, you can, you can talk to us as well. Um, and we, uh, you know, we'll get, we'll talk about it on the show. We'll even have you on the show if you want to come on and we'll talk about it. Um, and our big stupid hotline is 201-338-0098. All right, guys. Once again, guys, thanks for listening. Thank you guys for coming on. John, you got anything else you want to say? Hey, have fun, everybody. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs>